Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome in on a Tuesday, Super Tuesday or something like that. The Super Bowl's this week, it's Tuesday, I don't know. I mean, it's usually a college basketball thing, but no meaningful college basketball in the state tonight, so we'll talk a little football. Really excited to have a guest coming up later that played in the Super Bowl. Chad Brown is his name, Steeler, Seahawk, multi-all-pro, multi-pro bowler, has, I think, 79 sacks in his career as well, played in the Super Bowl with the Steelers, lost to the Cowboys all the way back and when I was... One, stop. I think. Just stop. Just. I think. Just I think it was a long one. time ago. It's fine. I, I think so. It's fine. Something like that. I, I certainly fine. don't remember. But he'll join us. We'll talk some basketball. We've got stats of the day. We've got a weird Aaron Rodgers story because he's a weirdo. And I've been thinking about something in college football because I tend to do that. That was a little seasoning with seasonings moment yeah. right there. He's a weird story because he's a weirdo, he's but a I weirdo. agree. He is a weirdo. Um, it, th- there's been a lot of angst and stuff around NIL and Portal, and, and a lot of the criticism, I think, falls on deaf ears uh, or can be easily explained away. But there's one thing that I've heard often that not only do I think is valid, but I think people are spot on, and something needs to change quickly, or else that's going to become a problem. So we'll talk about that later. But it is the Super Bowl week. How Are you doing anything special on Sunday? No. no. Nothing? No, sir. Just watch the game. I mean, if I get invited somewhere, I might go, but I'm not hosting anything. I mean, it's just, you know, look, I'll watch the Super Bowl. I am a red-blooded American male. I watch the Super Bowl. I will watch every snap of it. You know, work work aside, I, I just I will watch the Super Bowl. But can I get super fired up about Eagles Chiefs? I cannot. I cannot. And nor, nor will I pretend to. The viewing experience, in my opinion, is better not in a group. If you want to actually watch the stuff. Right. Right. If you're there, if if, you, if you're like me and you really don't care and you're just like the game can be on and I the thing about, and maybe this is just because I work in a a media setting, so I'm used to watching football around other people at all times. And, you know, rarely do I get the time to just sit and watch the game. 
but like I can I can focus on the game while having conversations. So a Super Bowl party is a great setup for me. But yeah, I get it. If you want to watch the game, if you really want to lock in, you can't do the social thing. You got to watch the game. Yeah, because I like all of it. I mean. Although, there's a new trend that is happening. By the way, Michael Bork, he's Brian. Hey, Dad, Richard's off. He's calling some basketball game somewhere. I don't know. He'll be back tomorrow. Uh, I think, it it, what is matter. it, A&M, Missouri? No. No, yeah. it's South Carolina, South Carolina, Missouri. Missouri. South Carolina, Missouri. Yeah, that one. The, the Battle of Columbia's. Yeah, I have a feeling uh, the Columbia West, even though they're yeah. also in the East, is going to take that one. State st- state fans need to know, need to watch that or keep up with that game. You want Missouri to win. Yeah, you're big Tigers fans uh, tonight. Yeah, sure. Yes. There, there's a new trend that's bugging the crap out of me though, because I love everything about the Super Bowl. I will watch. I'll have all the pregame shows on. Uh, I'll watch the anthem and like know how long the anthem is supposed to be to see if the over or under hits. I like all that stuff. I like all the commercials. I, I, I watch the halftime show. The the pomp and circumstance grabs me with the Super Bowl. But now this thing is happening where all of these brands are leaking their commercials to the media, and they're all over social media. Like there, there's a Pepsi ad with Miles Teller that what's I've seen. Like, what's the point? What's the it's point? like here's our Super Bowl ad. It's like. Why didn't you wait till the Super Bowl? Now I've seen it, and by the time I see the Super Bowl ad, it's not going to be. Doesn't as have cool. the same impact. No, doesn't have the impact. Yeah, it's a very nice ad. It's he and his wife dancing to uh, the hold music. Anyway, it, it's a it's a very wholesome, like nice, and they're they're dancing with their little pug, and yeah, it's, but it's actually Pepsi, their so dog. So it's a product that I would never willingly yeah. buy. But it's a nice, like wholesome, like very good commercial. You know, it's it's not. In these unprecedented times, or making a political oh, statement, or whatever, it's none of that crap. It's just—it's not crypto. It's just this actor and his his very good-looking wife having a nice little moment with their dog, and it's like that—that's perfect. I wanted to see it, you know, Sunday, not Monday, when you leak it to everybody. And all these brands are doing it now. They're just sharing their Super Bowl commercial that they spent millions to make and millions to buy the spot to air it. Just. Showing it on Twitter. Just giving it away. Just giving it away. What'd you spend all that money for if you're just going to tweet it? It's ridiculous. I don't get it. I, I, you know what? I'm with you on this. I'm with, I think this is an, an odd and uh, a trend I'm not a fan of. No. No. So, you know, today is, a, is an anniversary, by the way, right? Can we get some audio for it? You need to, you need to find the audio for the anniversary. You know what I'm saying, too. I think I do. Give me one we need, to, we need to have that today. Oh, one yes. One of the greatest days in the history of the world today. February 7th, 2010. Do you have it? Any second now. Looks in his direction. It's picked <laughs> off! It's picked off! It's Tracy Porter again! He's running free! He's going to go all the way! Hand out stretch! It is a Saint touchdown! 70 yards on the return! 70 yards on the return by Porter! He did it to farm, and now he's done Ooh, it I to scared Manning. my children with that. Tracy Porter knew that route was coming. And Emily was uh, not yet one. She did not know what was going on. <laughs> Oh man, hope I get another years one of those. Ago. Yeah. A long time. Hope I get another one of those. That was fun. Yeah, in case you don't Never know what that happen. was, I can't believe you don't, but if you didn't, that was the Saints picking off 
Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl. That was the legendary C-wing. Jim Henderson and Hokey Guy John <laughs> on the Saints radio network. His his call of the field goal to win the NFC Championship, he's, yeah. you can hear him crying. I mean, you know, you oh, can yeah. hear it his voice. Yeah. Paul Allen was crying on the Vikings network as well yeah. for different reasons. <laughs> Man, back when uh, back when newspapers were a thing, the the cover of the Times Picayune that day, or the next day just Amen after they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's a great cover. Yeah. And it said Amen, and the subhead was forget. Our prayers have been answered. Uh, that is that how is you exactly, newspaper right there. That's a very accurate uh, assessment of how people around here felt, around how Saints fans felt when that moment happened. Goodness, yeah, it's hard, to, hard. It's it's still hard to believe it happened. To be totally honest with you. So I remember watching it. Obviously, I wasn't a fan at the time. I didn't adopt them until 2014 when I moved here uh, to to Jackson and had a cable mm-hmm. package that only allowed me to watch the Saints and the Pelicans, so they were my teams. But I remember watching it, and, and I, I remember the Katrina game. And again, I, I had no yeah. connection. I'd never been. The, the, the police the and first one back on. at the Superdome? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, watch that. Yeah, we had, I had some friends over to watch that. We were going crazy when they blocked the punt. What was the quote? Right. Who said it after? I, so I was listening to a podcast with Berman uh, yesterday, and Berman said mm-hmm. that he, he forgot the quote too. But somebody said like God Himself would not have beaten the Saints tonight, or something like that. Yeah, after I the game, remember. that there there was no chance yeah. that that any football team that has ever existed would have gone into the dome that night. And beating that team with that, but I remember those two moments, despite not being a fan. And it's kind of cool now that I've adopted the team, and I remember where I was when both of those things happened, uh, despite not having a rooting interest. Yeah, well, I had a rooting interest. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember those uh, very, very vividly. Oh man, Jeff in Oxford says, and the Eagles are my least favorite NFL team. We even get a rerun at halftime. What's a rerun? Did Rihanna do it before? Oh I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't think Rihanna's ever been the halftime show. I don't think so. Wasn't it supposed to be Taylor Swift, and then something happened? There was a lot of buzz that it was going to be Taylor Swift, but I, I don't know that that was ever like anything more than buzz. Preston, you're so, right. The commercials are nowhere near as funny as they used to be around yeah, eight to ten so years better. ago. Well, because too many yeah. people are trying to make statements now. You can't make jokes anymore. That too. Jokes, jokes are. Wait, is this 2005? We can just make jokes. Can't make jokes anymore. Can't make jokes anymore. And and too too many of these brands think that their responsibility is to lecture us, and it, it's just the the amount of money they spend to to do that. I just I just miss real money. men of genius for Budweiser. Yes. You know? so that's all I want. I, I want frogs. I want a catchy jingle. I want I want I want to laugh. You know. I want Michael Jordan and Larry Bird playing horse. Real Man of Genius was such a perfect commercial. It's great. Uh, the whole it's still It's still funny. They still hold up. Mr. Really Bad Toupee Wearer. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great one. <laughs> They're the best. That's a shame. Where did he get that thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Stuff man. like that. Now, people want. That's what people want. But yes. We can't do that anymore. 601-879-4395 is the text line. We'll talk to Chad Brown here in about 20 minutes, but we'll get to more of your texts when we come back. It is Super Bowl week. We also got some hoops to talk about and college football and a bunch of other stuff coming your way this afternoon. Stick around. 
Sports Talk Mississippi to the junction in the Grove and to the top. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you. We got this message. I'll never listen to this show again. Hashtag Peyton forever. Peyton may be forever, but he wasn't that night. He got two Super Bowls. It'll be all right. Yeah. You'll live. It's still one of the gutsiest calls, the onside kick to start the second half. Yes. I mean, oh, oh, easily top. Oh, good Lord. Uh, top two or three in the history of the sport in terms of, of, you know, you're not winning the game if you don't do that. Yeah. I mean, if, if you don't get that, that ball. If you give them that ball, they're going to score and they're going to put it out of reach. Question, do you remember where you were when the Saints won the Super Bowl? Exactly where you were. I do. It was in my living room. <laughs> like this current one? <laughs> no, I was in a different a different house at that time. Was it my buddy Sean's I, uh, house and well, his attic? As soon attic. as they won it, I, I as soon as they won, I ran outside to hoop and holler, and I could hear some other people doing it too. So. Nice. Uh, can we hear the audio from the Saints Rams NFC Championship? Jeff, you are banned from listening to this show forever. Here's what we'll do: I'll go <laughs> into the restroom. I'll go in the restroom and I'll get some audio for you, and I'll text it to you directly. <laughs> We've got your How about number, that? Jeff. <laughs> I'll sign you up for some spam while I'm at it, too. You'll be getting cat facts when this is over. Dwayne and Brandon says, my favorite news headline then was, Hell has frozen over. Felt like it. <laughs> it felt like it, man. You don't know. You don't know what that was like growing up, and that team was so bad so long. Yeah. Like, I just was happy to get to the playoffs. Playoffs? You kidding me? I know. Bobby says uh, the Clydesdale commercial uh, on the Super Bowl after September 11th was the best Super Bowl commercial of all time. Yeah, I agree. Keith, this is awesome. Today's his wife's birthday, and she's the biggest Saints fan you can find. So she had a great birthday 13 years ago. That's awesome. Fantastic. Happy birthday, Mrs. Keith and Vaden. Appreciate that. Yeah. The Mountain Dew Kickstart ones always had me rolling. That's from Preston. I don't remember this. Matthew in Oklahoma says, didn't the guy who was high up on the Titanic crew say not even God could sink the ship, and we saw how that worked out? You know there are people that believe that the Titanic actually didn't sink and that it was a different ship, but they claimed it was the Titanic because of, like, money laundering or something? Well, I love a good conspiracy theory, so I'll check into that. I had I mean, no it's, idea. It's, very, a... it's like Flat Earth. It's very Boy, easily disproven. Boy, that got disproven. proven. What happens to that movie? I mean, it, but it's completely, like, easily, totally, like, debunkable and disproven. I mean, it, it, yeah. But just like Flat Earth, where I, yeah. I went to a Christmas party with a real life. I didn't go with this person. This person was there. Uh, a real but life. Was a flat Earther there. True believer, Flat Earth person. Ooh. And I, I mean, it took every ounce in me not to just put, just, just like slap the table and say, Shh, stop. 
you are so stupid, and you're making all of us dumber. That's the thing. Like, you know, you can be a if you're a flat earther, you're a flat earther. If you, you believe what you want to believe in this world, right? I don't really care. But flat earthers are people who they like to talk about being flat earthers. Yes. Like at a Christmas fit. party, you're like, "Hey, how's it going? Oh, great, good to see. You. It's been a while. Hey, did you know the Earth's flat? Like, you can't just yeah. have a regular conversation. They don't want to talk about the game. They want to talk <laughs> about the Earth being flat. Shut up. Yes, like CrossFitters, vegans, things like that. Yeah. Chris Meridian says, "Is this what you were talking about?" He sends us a picture of that frame. He got it framed. That's awesome. That is that is awesome. That the the headline stuff that that's good stuff right there. Some people even think we landed on the moon. What? <laughs> I always laugh at that video of Buzz Aldrin punching that dude in the mouth. It's one of my favorite videos. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I guess you deserved it, sir. Tim says wokeness has killed the chances of having any more great Super Bowl commercials. I I think. I would take it a step further and say it's the the people these people feel like they need to deliver a message that it, and I guess it's the same thing you know I'm splitting hairs whatever but brands have decided they need to make statements even yes. if you agree with the brand statement it's still ridiculous that why is Cheetos lecturing me well what are well, you yeah, talking like about your 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 you got you got sixty seconds thirty seconds to get me to buy your product not tell me I. Yes. I'm, I'm not here to learn. I just want to know why I should buy your delicious cheddar jalapeno Cheetos. Yes. Uh, you know, exactly. that's all I care about. Are they good? That should be the brand's basic pr- thing is we create product. We try to get you to consume product. And, like, that's it. That's all you got to do. But, anyway. Yeah. Hunter says that was a cool year for the Saints. It was crazy how many Saints fans popped up after that Super Bowl. <laughs> Never met one until after that. Uh, got a lot of that with the Cubs around here when they were making their run. Oh boy, there were lots yeah. of longtime Cubs, Cubs fans, fans that never ever well, talked. About I grew the Cubs. up. My college years were the uh, the years of you had the the, the the triumvirate. You had people who were Cowboys, Bulls, Braves fans. That was their three teams back in the, the mid nineties. Yeah. Cowboys during football season, Chicago Bulls during basketball, and the Atlanta Braves during baseball. Got a lot of that during the Braves World Series run. It's just like, where where did you come well, from? Well, there's a lot of Braves fans here, but you know, some some people I know were not Braves fans and became Braves fans. Now I know some diehard Braves fans and they enjoyed and and deserved every moment of their success. But there are some they're just like, and the Bulls fans are. I mean, the Bulls fans are now back. They're, they're late. They were Lakers fans. Now they're Warriors fans, I guess. But you know, they they sort of go with the win. I all the Cowboys fans stuck it out, unfortunately. They did. Them. And good for them for for doing that though. Yeah, I, I a, f- a friend of a friend is how I can describe this person because I, I don't particularly like him myself. And and this you guys will agree with me on this. After state won the national championship, his truck had mm-hmm. the national champions logo, the sticker right on his back window. Yeah. Guess what happened after Ole Miss won? So I put it over, took that sticker down, or just put the new one right there on top. The worst person. <laughs> the worst. Person. I have, I have less than zero respect for that person. Yeah, I mean, it just not. Tell you, I, negative respect. I mean, there. I understand you went from like being the Bulls to the Lakers. Fine. Yeah. Fine. 
State to Ole Miss? Come on. Unless you, unless you had a child get a full scholarship there? No. Rudy says the what's up commercials were good. Yeah, they were. <laughs> Those were. I mean, that's, uh, that's throwback, though. That's like late 90s, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I miss what's up. That was, that was fun. Whole, whole generation of guys answering the phone like that. Hey, Dad, you can relate to this. If the earth was really flat, all the cats would have knocked everything off the edges <laughs> by now. It's a true story. Lions would be pushing trees. We've got one. It was my wife's when we met and got married, and, and he will very occasionally do the knock stuff off the counters thing, but it's the confidence in which he does it which cracks me up. He will just look me dead in the eyes and be like, you know what? This goes on the floor. I keep, and just smack I keep it off a TV the table. tray. I keep a TV tray by my recliner. I like to put a Coke can there every now and then. So I had an, it was empty, thank God. Seamus just jumps up there the night, looks at me, looks at the can, looks at me, looks at the can, swipe. Just <laughs> like, why? Why? You know it wasn't why. even in your There's way. There's one reason why. He just didn't want it. And then, then he got, then he just jumped down like nothing happened. It's like, you little jerk. That's exactly, that's the only reason why. But he it's... looked me in the eye twice. He looked me directly in the eye twice. I guess I can give him respect, but thank it, Seamus. Oh, man. Oh, man. I still call them the yeah. Aints. Well, yeah, they did win a Super Bowl, though. More recently than the Cowboys did. Adam says, I did, right. I did the exact same thing. Ran outside and woke up every dog hollering the Saints won the Super Bowl. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Yeah, see, Matthew, the, Matthew the, knows the, about the Titanic conspiracy theory that it was a setup to uh, to kill off some wealthy families in Europe or whatever. And the boat these people claim really sank, or it really sank, um, didn't. And like it's easily proven that it didn't, and everything matches up. But they still believe because you know. I'm serious. I, I like I said, I love a good conspiracy theory. I love when people get all worked up and convince themselves and something that's just totally wrong. <laughs> it just warms my heart. Chad Brown will join us next. We're scheduled to meet with him anyway. He's calling us, so hopefully, uh, hopefully he does because I'm really looking forward to talking to him. Played in the Super Bowl, been an All Pro uh, at multiple stops. Right, he's an All Pro in Pittsburgh and an All Pro. Yeah, in yeah. Uh, in Seattle. Um, Played at Colorado. Would love to know what he thinks about Coach Prime and playing in a Super Bowl and all that good stuff. So we'll definitely Brown, have to ask about that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, scheduled to be joining us next right here on the Farm Bureau Guest Line. So looking forward to that. And that'll come right after this at Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Sports talk in the state. It's the best thing. Say that again. We the best on three. One, two, three. We the best. Sports talk Mississippi. Super talk Mississippi. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you at Sports Talk Mississippi on a Tuesday. First time guest joining us right now on the Farm Bureau Guest Line. Check out favorites.com and go 
with the home team, Chad Brown, a name you might be familiar with, a two-time first-team All-Pro, three-time Pro Bowler, made multiple stops in the NFL, played in the Super Bowl on your radio right now. And, and Chad, we appreciate your time, but I actually want to start with this before we get into Super Bowl stuff and NFL stuff. Your alma mater hired somebody that we got to see up close in person here in our backyard in Coach Prime. What were your thoughts when your Buffaloes uh, hired Deion Sanders to be their coach? Well, I, for one, was, you know, had a very sad outlook about the Colorado Buffaloes program. And I thought there is not a coach in the country who can reinvigorate the program. Um, well, I was wrong. Coach Prime has been the guy who's been able to do that. Um, some of the issues facing the program, those had to be removed out of the way for the university to be able to go after Coach Prime. Uh, CU and Stanford had some of the most stringent transfer rules as far as transfers into the program. That was really not allowing them to be effective with the transfers that are happening now in college football. There was a limited amount of money for the head coach. There was even uh, more limited amount for the assistant coaches pool. So for Rick George, the athletic director, to remove or at least amend the transfer rule, uh, get some money for the head coach and for the assistant coaches, even if Coach Prime only ends up being a short-term hire, two or three years before he goes off to greener pastures, money pastures in the Big Ten or the SEC, Carl's program is going to be in a far better place. So I was excited just at the removal of some of these hindrances that have been in the way, but Coach Prime has brought attention to the Colorado Buffaloes program that hasn't been there in over two decades. Plus, already in just eight weeks on the job, it's brought in 40, I think 43 new players into the program. It may be the greatest turnaround from a roster perspective in college football history. Between high school recruits and college transfers, 43 new kids into the program, and he is still sending out social media uh, notices that they ain't done yet. So there is an excitement that hasn't existed in two decades. I'm optimistic. I am looking forward to the season. And this program that once seemed to just be dying now has a brand new life going. And recruiting already picked up as well. So, uh, Chad, uh, from the, the the Super Bowl perspective, uh, now the, I love all the pomp and circumstance and the commercials and the halftime shows and all the pregame stuff and everything. From the players' perspective, though, having played in it, how different uh, in terms of just like playing a football game is the Super Bowl compared to even like your playoff games or a regular season game? Like, not. I, and I don't mean the stakes. Of course, the stakes are different, but just the course of preparing for the game, film study, practice, and then the game itself, how different is the Super Bowl compared to any other game that you've played in? Well, typically, you know, you get a week to prepare for an opponent, and your preparation is not even really the full week. As a player, you come on Wednesday, you get the game plan. Uh, you go over third down on Thursday, you start polishing up on Friday, and Saturday is a walkthrough. So really, you don't spend a ton of time on each individual opponent. Uh, for the Super Bowl, you get the two weeks, obviously. Um, chances are you're playing somebody in the Super Bowl who's a really good team. So chances are at some point your coaching staff spent a portion of the offseason studying what that team does. If this team is that good and they're in the playoffs for the Super Bowl year in and year out, that's somebody we should look at. So there's just so much familiarity with the opponent due to the two weeks of work, due to the off-season study that happened. Uh, so you go into that game feeling incredibly confident about uh, your assignments, your knowledge of the opponent. Therefore, uh, I think the Super Bowl comes down to less of player mistakes 
and more of the coaches who can have more subtle wrinkles into their game plan and things like that. Um, and also from a, the game playing standpoint, the halftime is double what a normal halftime is. So you've got to be able to be used to going into halftime, completely cooling off, and then finding a way to ramp it back up again and get yourself warmed up again. So it's a, a different game in a number of different ways. You speak about familiarity. Did the Chiefs have that advantage in, in this game because this is their third Super Bowl? They've been there. They've done that. They know all the routines as opposed to the Eagles, who you got a lot of first-timers on that roster. Yeah, I think there's something to be said for that. A lot of the, the first week while you're still in your home city is dealing with the logistics of it all. Uh, how many tickets does each player get? A ticket's going to be the guys with more seniority get more tickets. How many tickets do the practice squad guys get? All those kind of ticket issues. Because as a player, you're going to get hit up from all your family members, the guy who cut your hair when you were a kid, your fifth-grade history teacher. They're all going to hit you up for tickets. So there's that. Uh, at some point, the wives are going to go down to be with their husbands in the host city. Then maybe a day or two after that, the families will go down. And there's all the hotel rooms and the, the logistics that go with that. So I think it's the more experienced you are as an organization with handling those kinds of things, um, the less headaches are involved in that process and the more your team can focus on the game plan instead of just worrying about how am I going to get Aunt Mabel to the game. <laughs> one, of, one of the most dominant players in the AFC Championship game it was another Mississippi guy, Chris Jones, the defensive tackle for the Chiefs, obviously from Mississippi State. When you, when you see him and the level he's playing at right now, where do you put him among the, the top defensive players in the league? Uh, I think for a player who is as good as he is, uh, he doesn't get the recognition that he deserves because he plays on the same team with Patrick Mahomes and, and Travis Kelsey. So uh, Chris Jones is one of the most dominant interior defensive linemen in the game who also has the ability to slide outside in certain situations. He's disruptive in the run game and in the pass game. Uh, he's a good ability to continually get quarterbacks off the spot from his inside rush position. Um, in some ways, he's the absolute best piece of that Chiefs defense. The Chiefs gave up the most touchdown passes of any defense during the regular season this year. Um, but Chris Jones wasn't the issue. It was more of those guys back there in the secondary. So if he can have a good game and affect Jalen Hurts by pushing that pocket back, not even getting sacked, but by constantly pushing the pocket back and forcing Jalen Hurts to reset his feet, uh, he can play a major factor in the Chiefs' success. Visiting with Chad Brown, former All-Pro linebacker. Uh, Chad, uh... About your career, I'm curious. You had, at least according to the internet, 79 sacks in your career. Is there one one that is your absolute favorite? <laughs> uh, I won't say they're like kids where you all love them the same. <laughs> no, uh, certain sacks are just cooler than others. There's no doubt about that. Uh, it was a sack, gosh, I want to say maybe it was either 99 or 2000. We're playing in Cleveland on opening day. And I was playing outside linebacker. I don't believe it was a nickel situation while I was playing defensive end. I was playing outside linebacker early in the game, and they chose to block me with a running back. And he tried to go low on me. And I thought, okay, I'm going to take note of that. So later in the game, uh, we're in the same defense. They're in the same protection. I recognize the protection. And that running back comes to go low on me. And I just Superman fly completely over him. <laughs> 
uh, Tim Pounce was the quarterback at the time, and Tim's back was turned to me. So I don't even get a chance to hit Tim. All I do is get a chance to grab the back of his jersey, which would be a horse collar now, but there's no horse collar within the pocket. And I, you know, brought him down by the back of his jersey. He had no idea. I was not in his vision at all. I think he assumed the running back had gotten the block because I flew through the air. And that's, uh, there's uh, several great shots of that sack. And it, it, just, it has been my screensaver on my phone from time to time when I need to re- relive my glory days. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. So we're we're getting uh, up against a heartbreak. Got about a minute and a half left with you, Chad. And, of course, we appreciate your time. Uh, do you have a lean here on this game, though? It, it, I, I've loved Philly myself through the playoffs. Uh, Mahomes, is he 100%? What, that, what is that going to look like? What What is your lean here in this game? A very tiny line, basically a pick em. Uh I got Philly in this one in a close game. I love Kansas City Chiefs. My college teammate, Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator out there, uh, I would love for the Chiefs to win. I wouldn't be upset if they did. But Philly is built on their offense and defensive line. That offensive line and that running game is just tough to deal with. Uh, we saw what they were able to do to the number one defense in football, the 49ers, just knock those guys off the ball. So if Philly is able to run the ball effectively early in the ball game, the Chiefs and Steve Spagnuolo are forced to bring another defender down into the box, then those secondary guys who I talked about earlier in this call, they will get exposed. A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts, I see a long touchdown pass or two if they're able to run the ball effectively and force the Chiefs defense to put that eighth guy in the box and they'll go throw the ball over their heads. That'll be the difference in a very, very close ball game. Great stuff, Chad. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you and uh, keep up the good work. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. That was Chad Brown, former All-Pro linebacker, Joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line, check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. We'll talk more Super Bowl. Been scoring some big interviews, Borky. Good job. I'm just, uh, you know, you know, I'm I'm just doing my thing over here, doing my thing, killing time before baseball season when things uh, get real. I had a friend text me this morning. I'm not kidding, and he said, "Why aren't you guys previewing the baseball series yet?" He was talking about Ole Miss. And I said, because they're playing Delaware next weekend. <laughs> we have State's little... playing VMI. <laughs> calm down. Yeah. But appreciate the passion for uh, for sure. But good stuff yeah. there from, uh, from Chad. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. If it's happening in Mississippi sports, you'll hear about it first, right here. Sports Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you. Uh, stat of the day number one. I've got three of these today. The first one oh. is gambling-focused. So as you know, gambling, at least in terrestrial locations, is legal in Mississippi. Of course, because you're going to go to the Pearl River Resort Sportsbook at Timeout Lounge to watch the Super Bowl there. You know that they're going to have a great setup there for the Super Bowl. Absolutely. So... um and there's also something going through the legislature. We'll talk about somebody, or talk about somebody. We'll talk to somebody about this 
uh, in the near future. The possibility of mobile gambling is it got through committee, and that's about all I know. So we'll we'll talk to the right people to figure out what that's all about here on the show moving forward. But either way, we can do that here. And if you're going to do it this Sunday, you are one of 20% of the population in this country is expected to put some kind of wager on the Super Bowl. And the number is estimated to be $16 billion wagered on the Super Bowl this year. That is more than the entire military budget of the country of Iran. Iran? Iran. Can't say it wrong, remember, or else their reporters will get you know, really yeah, mad Who, who was it that was saying it wrong? Was it, Tyler was it, Adams. Was it Greg Burkhalter? Oh, Tyler, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he said I Iran. ran and, ooh, ooh, boy, don't you dare. Yeah. I, I've just, I appreciate that, yeah, it's, just, it's like, you really roll that R, good job. How much? Sixteen billion. Huh? Sixteen billion is the estimated take on gambling on Let the it ride. Goodness, wonder why those casinos look so nice out there in Las Vegas. There it is. Yeah, uh, they they think that number will grow up over sixty percent from last year because of the legalization of gambling. The more access Gosh. to it, the more people are willing to do it. That so number is growing. Let's say twenty. Let's say twenty billion. Twenty billion dollars, right? Twelve billion of that's going to the house. Yeah, they might pay out eight billion in winnings, which is probably high, but twelve billion's coming back. So they're making a profit of four billion dollars. That's why the buffet is, is so good. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Philly one and a half point favorite over under is fifty and a half for what it's worth. Dwayne asking if either of us have watched a Super Bowl in a casino. Just wondering what it's like. Never have. Would love to. That'd be interesting though. I've watched big, not a Got super the Bowl. ebbs and flows. Yeah, you know, I've watched big games in casinos, multiple, but never a Super Bowl. It it, it depends, Dwayne. Honestly, some is some places have like a bunch of stuff going on to where it's like an event and a party, and so you know people get excited, mad, whatever. But it's more of like watching at a really like theatrical bar, and then I've been to one where there's. I think it was the NCAA Tournament Championship or a Final Four game, either one, at a casino elsewhere, not in Mississippi. And they didn't yeah. do like anything for the game. It was just the sports book, and it was a weird vibe. So just go to a place like that is weird. like the sports book at Timeout Lounge because they're you know they're doing a bunch of stuff for the Super Bowl. That'll be a fun time. But this place was like, we were just around people that just had money on the game, and there there was nothing else. It was just the game is on, and people were on the edge of their seats and not in a good way, and it was a, a very strange vibe because they didn't do anything for the game. And we didn't even stay the whole time. We left at halftime, went to a bar up the street. So it just depends. But uh, Poor River Resort's going to throw down for the, for the Super Bowl. So yeah. check that out. And if you live in Brandon, you are a hop, skip, and a jump. I mean, it's you just... Take 25 to 16, and boom. I mean, it's just easy country highway up there. Very short drive. Yeah. You lose cell service yeah. about halfway Short drive through, for me, though. too. Yeah. What? Yeah, I lose cell service Not for about 20 miles. Not with C Spire, I don't. It's all good. I think it's my phone, though. I've got an iPhone 7, and... Okay. Yeah. All right. 
what are we doing with our lives here? Come on. And so when I try Even to take I'm cheap, pictures but I have an 11. this way, like the, the camera's just constantly shaking, so I can't take clear yeah. pictures anymore. It's if I want to take a picture of my kid, I have to put it on selfie mode and turn it to selfie mode and face him to take pictures. So. C Spire, if you're listening, please send Michael Borky. You don't have to be it doesn't have to be a new one. Just an eleven. Just something. Come I'll take on, a nine man. at this point. And it's all me. It's just I don't I don't get something new unless I need something new. And the phone functions, it calls, it texts, it stores all my stuff, all my apps work, so I just don't go get I just don't go get new ones. I don't know. You you realize when you get a new phone, all that stuff just transfers right over, right? True. You, you you don't have to input it manually. It's all on your your Apple account. It's not on your phone, Grandpa. True. So that's that the day number you one. Mina, if you're listening, get Michael <laughs> a new phone, please. Oh man, I've been extremely satisfied. By the way, with the fiber internet, Hugh, if you're listening, that is a great product, and not because you guys partner with us on the show. I would have gotten it regardless. Fiber internet is just Chef's kiss. Just Perfect. But anyway, stat of the day number two, when we come back, another Super Bowl stat, a Mississippi-flavored Super Bowl stat when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi, your all-access pass to all things sports in Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi, on the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at supertalk.fm. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you at Sports Talk of Mississippi on a Tuesday. Stat of the day number two. So number one was gambling 20% of the country. Going to wager some kind of money on the Super Bowl for an estimated $16 billion. Here's number two. Mississippi. Yes, little old Mississippi. All 2.9 million of us. Our number one in players in the Super Bowl, tied for number one with Texas. Nine Mississippi players playing in the Super Bowl again, tied with Texas. Like per capita, we're killing them. Oh, my gosh. It's not even close anywhere else in the country. Yeah. Nine. That's a lot. Those guys, of course, are... And, uh, like, not just participants here, either. You got game changers in there. Yeah. Uh, Ty Freifogel, remember he's from Mississippi, played at Indiana. He's with the Chiefs. Willie Gay, obviously with the Chiefs. And Chris Jones with the Chiefs. Darius Harris from Horn Lake, also with the Chiefs. On the Pittsburgh side of things, you have A.J. Brown from Starkville slash Ole Miss. Fletcher Cox, Yazoo City slash Mississippi State. Nicobe Dean, Horn Lake slash Georgia. Kenny Gainwell, Yazoo City. Mm-hmm. And Gardner Mitchell, Brandon. Yeah. That's nine. Nine times. Big time players. Nine times. Yeah. 
I mean, that's it's that's pretty darn impressive. I mean, that, that would be impressive for any state, right? California, Texas, Florida. We talk about Mississippi, a, a state that's you know around two million people. You're getting you know like it's a reasonable rounded up percentage. Yeah. Of the population of Mississippi will play in the Super Bowl. And don't forget that that is not guys that played college here. That's guys from here. So Darius Slay's not yeah, yeah, in yeah. this list. Uh, Quez Watkins not in right. that list. It's just guys from yeah. here. Right. So before you ask, there you go. The other states, uh, so Mississippi and Texas are tied for first with nine players in the Super Bowl. Florida is uh, tied for, well, I guess third on their own. They have eight. Ohio has seven. Georgia has seven. And California has six. Everybody else, including Louisiana and Alabama, are five or below. That's not right. I, I can never do percents on a calculator. I'm just trying to is, figure out how much. Is over of equals percent over 100? Honestly, I just Google it. Just number is what percent of. And, and that's how I. Yeah. That's not it. Hold on. We're trying right, to, I'm not we're, even going to try. We're not math guys. What were you trying to do? No. To figure out like what is the percentage of native Mississippians to the population of Mississippi playing the Super Bowl. What is 9 divided by 2.95 million? If you can figure this out, you'd be better than me. Point I don't zero know. 0003%. That's a reasonable percentage. But what is the population of Texas? Oh, like probably 30 million if I had to guess. We're doing math in real time here. Of, population of Texas is 29.53 million. It's ten times the population of Mississippi, and they have the same number of Super Bowlers. So add, what, yeah. two decimal points to that? Mm-hmm. So, so Mississippi is ten times better than Texas at produ- producing Super Bowl players. There's your stat of the day. Ten the, times the better. The games between Mississippi State and Ole, and Ole Miss and Texas A&M have proven that stat. <laughs> oh, are you see The hype train, hey, Dad, is, I mean, just choo-choo. Oh, it's the left the station, train. Borky. Oh, my gosh. It's left the station. Oh, now now we're doing, and I like Bill Connolly, and his work is really good and it's really helpful, but oh, we've got another thing. Texas A&M is in the top ten in returning production in college football, so choo-choo, get on the train, Texas A&M. My gosh, they're going to be good, even though all that production went five and seven last year. That Yeah. Oh, man. It's exhausting. I I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not, I don't fall for that anymore. I don't fall for Texas A&M. Eight and four, maybe. Just can we wait till they prove something? Like I, I will be fine with the Tennessee no. hype train. They they beat Alabama. They won eleven games. I, I'm good with Tennessee getting hype after a season like that. I'm cool with that. That makes sense. They played well. They won big games. Beat the crap out of LSU. I mean, it just. I'm good. Adam has to, to to prove something first. Give me something that says that this will be a program that it, that can compete for championships first before you start telling me that they are. Give me one reason to think that they actually will besides eventually the talent's going to be good enough. Because that was the selling point going into this season. Eventually, they're just going to be so talented that they can't lose. But it's the SEC. Everybody's talented. Everybody's talented. Mm-hmm. Most teams are well coached. Most. Most of them. 
So prove something. Not Texas A and M so much. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, but but people, you know, hype drives subscriptions to fan sites. It drives subscriptions to newspapers and things like that. And A and M has fans, and they 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 want to believe. So I get it. I understand the business side of it, but I reserve the right to make fun of you mercilessly. Did you see the? Uh, I couldn't even get too far into it. I got to Mississippi State and stopped, but. Brad Crawford from 24-7 Sports. Now, he did a prediction of what he thinks Vegas' prediction oh. for win totals will be. Predicting so he did the prediction. a prediction within a prediction. Can you make the inception noise? <laughs> We're going to do a dream within a dream. Three levels. But his prediction for state, over under on wins, six. Let me tell you something, Michael Borky. If I can find a casino willing to give me an over-under of six on Mississippi State wins in 2023, I'm going to refinance the mortgage on my house. I'm going to scruff up every bit of cash. I'm going to donate blood and get as much money as I can to go to the Golden Moon, to this timeout sports lounge, and I am going to to put it all on the over. And then when that cashes, you ain't never going to see me again. I was talking to somebody about this last week at... I wouldn't be surprised. Now, this is not going to be my selection. So, th- this is not going to be my pick. I will spoil it for you. Arkansas and Auburn are going to be my 6 and 7. And then I'll probably have A&M at 5 until proven otherwise. But definitely, I'm going to have Arkansas and Auburn finishing at the bottom of the West. So, this is not my what I will vote. But I promise if you... Auburn, if Auburn in the next portal window... Brings in a real quarterback. They can jump. They can. They can. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. But I promise I know you, what people my one, are going to vote three state is. last. And, and there's a chance that oh, they, they are they preseason predicted they absolutely are seven. idiots. They're morons. They're morons. So they finished third this year and brings back nearly the whole team. Well, I, I, I'm telling you that there there are going to be people. Oh, they will. I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised if State is picked I to always, finish last in the West. It will not be my vote, I but I would be surprised at, if that is the vote. I always laugh at Barrett Sully. I know a lot of State fans don't like. I know a lot of Ole Miss fans don't like him either. But every year he picks State sixth or seventh in the West. And this is a man who wrote an article a few years back that showed by the numbers State was the most consistently underrated team at SEC Media Days, that they consistently overachieve relative to where they are predicted by the SEC media, and yet he's still every year sixth or seventh. I'm like, dude, you wrote the article. Just pick them third. You know they're getting up third or fourth. They do it every year. It's going to happen. It's going to happen this year. Mm-hmm. There are going to be so – and some of it's justified. Losing a coach, changing a system, all that, that's real. But then you look at the schedule, and then you look at what they return specifically on defense. I mean, there are there are going to be people that predict them to have a losing record. It's going to happen. The schedule will not allow for that to happen. It won't, it won't let it. I just I don't I I just, when I saw that number I I just I clicked I just took took the article I was like I can't I can't go any further I don't care what anybody else has predicted. Six, I mean I understand you again I understand you're making a prediction of a prediction. Vegas isn't going to predict st- state at six. They're just not. They had state at six and a half this year and they won nine. 
So, yeah, they're, they're not going to be at six. They're going to be, if I had to guess, they'll be at seven and a half. But, yeah, that's probably where they'll be. Prediction of a prediction. If Leach were still here, they might. If Leach were still here, they might be at eight and a half, nine. I don't know. They might be at eight and a half. Yeah, nine is a, is a lot. Yeah, eight and a half would make sense, especially again with the schedule. Getting rid of Georgia is that's a big win. That is a yeah. that is a big win. So, anyway. But Kentucky is getting better uh, without Will Levis. I will die on that hill. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. Oh. Place for crazy people. If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Got a bet on the text line. Somebody said State's going to finish five and seven. Hey, Dad said name your stakes. He said I'll go forty bucks. I know I'm cheap. No, that's not cheap. It's done. It's that's fine. done. That's easy money. It's better than the guy that told seven. me. So that... I, I so make sure that I got this right though. So if MSU wins six or more, I win. Yes. That that right. Is, yeah. All right. I'll tell. I mean, that's fine. If if you're going to be quote unquote cheap on a bet, that's that's fine. That's totally fine. fine it's me. definitely not fine when you tell me that Spencer Sanders is not going to go to Ole Miss, and I tell you yes, he is, and you say no, he won't, and I say I'm telling you that I'm not making a prediction. I know that's where he's going, and you say I'll bet you a thousand dollars, and I say done, and then you decide, oh, I was just joking after you realize. That Spencer Sanders was going to Ole Miss. That guy is a jerk. Yeah. We'll take guys like you all day, Matthew. We appreciate yeah. you. And we'll see if you're out 40 bucks. You got to remind yourself of this bet, by the way. You guys can't forget about oh, this. Oh, wow. I don't forget money. But, like, Matthew I made a lot of money last football season. I made, I made a good bit of money last football season, including on bets like this. Uh, my buddy uh, Tyler Horka covers Notre Dame. He didn't. He didn't have a lot of faith in the dogs last year. I enjoyed uh, texting him in the middle of the East Tennessee State game when they got the uh, seventh win. I was like, "Hey, my Venmo is." <laughs> and he was just like, "Dang it!" Oh man, we get one message: Mississippi State not being ranked on baseball is perfect. Leave the predictions alone. Um, yeah. That is coming from a state fan, by the way. That's not somebody talking junk. It's more of right, a. Right, right. You know, that's more like, of a rather play with a chip chip on the shoulder kind of thing. I did see, see a lot I, of I get people that react football. negatively to the baseball ranking, like, "Oh, this is so stupid." And guys, if you're looking at it objectively, why should state be ranked right now, right now today? If if you were objectively ranking the 25 best baseball teams in the country, objectively, state doesn't belong there right now. There's they finished last in the SEC last year, and there's too many question marks. But I assume that they can quickly ascend into that ranking with good showings early. You've got a marquee series in week two. Like, it's a talented team, all that. But 
to, to go at guys like Kendall Rogers and calling him biased or whatever for not ranking state, it's completely justified. It is totally well, I mean, justified. When, when you finish last in the SEC and you're in a division with, what, three College World Series teams from a year ago, the preseason number one, and, you know, an improved Alabama squad. Is that right? Three three College World Series? Am I wrong? Is it four? No, four. A&M, Auburn, Ole Miss, Arkansas. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Somebody ha- That's the thing. Somebody has to be last in there. You can be last in that division and still play in the postseason. No question about it. I, I would almost be willing to bet this year, because Alabama almost made it last year. And that, that would have been six out of seven. And State was just too far, way, way too far down. But six out of seven almost made it last year. I mean, if you're not, if you're 14 and 16, 13 and 17 at the bottom of the West, you got a chance to, to host. Not host, you got a chance to be in the tournament, though. Yeah. So it, they just, they got to prove it. When it. You're exactly right. When they finish last, they have to prove it. So uh, I don't know how many people actually were truly angry about that, but I saw some, and it's just like, guys, it, you, you you can't, if you're Kendall, if you're Aaron Fit, if you're those guys that are putting those rankings out, you can't ignore the number 14 next to their SEC standings last year. You can't do it. Yeah. But, yeah. again, the program has, has such cachet that if they have successful first few weeks, guess who's going to be ranked? I mean, just uh, like that, very, very quickly. It'll, it'll happen fast. Especially exactly. if you sweep VMI like you're supposed to, and I don't know who they have in the midweek, but if you win the Arizona State Series, I bet they'll be ranked after two weeks. If they take care of their business, they will be somewhere around 20, two weeks into the season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just that simple. It's just that simple. But they have to... Nothing else will matter. They have to... but. That's the thing, though. Like last year, and you know, we didn't. You know, when they when they lost that, they lost two out of three the first weekend, and they lost a game to Northern Colorado, who was a game we knew was going to be a a team that was in the the two fifties in RPI all year, right? And we were we we still played the whole cautious. Well, you know, if they we should have just known, right? So I'll just tell you right now, if they come out and they lose this opening series, I'll be honest. If they don't sweep, I'm gonna I'm gonna be concerned. Yeah, right off the bat. I'm I'm jumping in early, and it's interesting about this non-conference game, not conference game, non-conference series, because usually VMI you just don't even think about, but it is important next weekend for for state to show some dominance, right? To yeah, just yeah. build confidence. VMI back is a terrible team. I have to go back and look. I, they didn't. They were not good a season ago. I'll just be honest with you. They were really really bad. Yeah, they were sixteen and forty as a team last year. That was their, that was a record. You should sweep them, and you should win all three games pretty convincingly. You shouldn't struggle. If you do, I mean that's that's early warning signs. So they they the state needs to get off to a hot start. I, you know I don't know how hot you can get because Arizona State is a good program and they could come to Starville. But you need to win that series. You need to win your home series. You need to you know pile up some some quality wins because and and we've talked about it conference play. You know, you start off with Vanderbilt, but then you have a couple. I'm sorry, you start off with Kentucky. You have some early series where you can get some wins. The end of the conference slate, starting basically with Ole Miss, is murder, murderous for Mississippi State. It's just brutal, and uh, for them, they're going to have to, you know, find a way to get a lot of wins early because I think late they're going to struggle. 
Henderson State's portal signees being ranked so high could make them preseason top 25. I agree, shouldn't be ranked after finishing last in the league. Another message, if I was State, I would want to be under the radar. Louisiana Monroe, those two midweek games, I I didn't remember. I'm trying to memorize the schedules. The midweek games are going to be hard. (laughs) That's just a lot of of dates to remember. I'll get the weekends down, Pat, but midweeks are just going to be like, they're there, you should win them all. Except for the, yeah, I mean, should, the Southern Miss able, game is not a should win, of course, but you know they should they should be five and zero when they play Arizona State. They should be seven and one when they play Southern, and then we'll see what happens there. And then you go to that tournament in Frisco. You'd like to be able to get a couple games there. So can you be you know ten and two or not? Yeah, ten and two when you when you start the month of or you know when you come back home for that long home stand leading into conference play. We'll learn a lot about that team after week three. We will know a lot about Mississippi yeah. State after week three. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, you know, from a pitching standpoint, what the rotation's gonna look like. Who were the first couple guys out of the bullpen? Does Aaron Nixon look like the all American he was as a freshman at Texas? Or do they have to go to Casey Hunt or somebody else? What is, you know, uh Lo Sanjay gonna give you? You'll find out some answers pretty early, I think. Isn't Ohio State one of the opponents in Frisco? Ohio State is the, the Frisco tournament. They play Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Cal. So funny how such, I mean, say what you will about Ohio State. They're an, an intimidating, quote unquote, football brand. They always have good players. It, it's a big national brand. They've got a bunch of guys in the NFL. They have won a championship in the playoff era. Like, big brand, right? Like, if Ohio State's on your schedule, you're excited mm-hmm. about it and, and it, and it's probably an mm-hmm. L next year, Dame, and all that. And baseball's just, eh, they're playing Ohio State. Like we should win that game. Ohio State he was was a decent team in the Big Ten in the '90s and early 2000s. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Big Ten baseball. I mean, Michigan's kind of had a, a, a an Indiana have had the big handle on that recently. Of course, Oklahoma last year, you know, <laughs> as we all know, played for a national title. I don't know anything about Cal, so I assume they're like the rest of their athletic program. Not very good. Not very good. Yeah, yeah. Berkeley's nice though. It, it's a shame that people there. So I, I mean, just the the. The scenery in the campus is is the big trees, man, and the weather and everything's so nice, and the people are so terrible. It just the the contrast is is shocking at a place like that. But uh, either way, do we have a state scouting report, especially on pitching? Here's what we'll give you, Dwayne, because we're not really sure. But I'll ask Haydad a question. We've talked about rotations and stuff before, but basically, I'll give Haydad the commercial break to prepare for this. When we come back, I'll I'll ask Haydad. Who do you think's going to start, and who are the big relievers? And that's that's about as good as we can do, considering Chris Limonis hadn't kind of hadn't revealed who his starters are going to be yet. We we don't know for sure. It's not like they've got three guys that this is Friday, this is Saturday, this is Sunday. We know who they are, like we've seen in years past. It's a little bit more up in the air, but we'll we'll try our best when uh, when we come back. Kyle says, try Pepperdine. Yeah, the, the visuals of Pepperdine's baseball stadium is unbelievable. And I can't imagine the people match the uh, the visuals of, of their athletic department. Stunning. So, <laughs> anyway. 601-879-4395. Good question also here. What about the state women's basketball game last night? Hey, Dad watched it. We'll get uh, his take on that as well uh, when we come back. Double overtime officiating. All that stuff when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi.
It's time for more Sports Talk Mississippi. Finally. Finally. On Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you at Sports Talk Mississippi. All right, Dwayne, here is your, the best of Haydad's ability anyway. Dwayne asked for a scouting report on Mississippi State pitchers. So, Haydad, who do you think's going to start? Who's up for it? Who should fans keep an eye on out of the pen? And so on and so forth. Going to start with, I think, with Cade Smith. You know, he'll be the Friday night guy week one, I would, I would imagine. I'd be really surprised if if he wasn't. Um, you know, he's the guy who has the most experience. I feel like the guy he's the guy who can compete on Friday nights. Saturday, I mean, right now I think it's going to be Landon Gartman, who's the transfer uh, from from Memphis, who was an All Conference USA pitcher, or call American Conference, I guess, for them uh, a season ago. Uh, I probably get the Saturday start, and then Sunday. It depends on which way they really want to go. They could go make it easy and go with Casey Hunt. But I really think Casey Hunt needs to be a guy that you give a, a look to out of the bullpen. I think he's got that the right makeup for that. Um, and then, you know, between him and Aaron Nixon, you could have a couple of guys back there who could be stoppers for you. And they might, they might start the freshman, uh, the now famous, the only one on the roster. When you look at the roster, if you do it by, uh, position, right? It's RHP and then outfield, so on and so forth. Then you get the BHP, Gerangelo Sanjay. I think he could start. I think because State needs to figure out what he is early on. He's not just a novelty. It's not that he just throws from both sides of the plate. He's throwing 95 from the right and 92 from the left. So, yeah, I think that could be the, the, the guy there. And then, you know, some other names to watch. Um, obviously, you want to keep it like I mentioned, uh, Aaron Nixon. Another guy to watch out of the bullpen is Nate Dom, transfer from Ball State. He could be he's the guy who's throwing 96, 97, 98. You know, in these scrimmages, so we'll see what happens there with him. But he could be a big arm for you in the back end. Um, I don't know what Parker Stinnett is going to give you this year. You know, he's a guy that when he is on, he he's a good pitcher. But when he's off, man, he is way way off. And so maybe you get some early opportunities and you see what he can bring to the table. And if he can do something, great. And if not, he's he's just not going to be a contributor. Another guy to watch for is another freshman, Bradley Lofton, who's a true freshman out of a DeSoto Central High School, South Haven. He was a guy that state, a lot of state people thought could be a draft risk this past year. Big kid, big stuff. I think he'll, you'll see him do some things as well. Um, another transfer, where is that kid? He was from, from the kid from VCU. What was his name? Tyler Davis, another left-hander that they brought in uh, as a transfer. They expect to be able to give them some innings in the bullpen. So they've got some guys there for sure. It's just, you know... Finding roles for everybody. I think Smith and Gartman will definitely be your weekend starters, and then you got to figure out the Sunday guy, and then figuring out the pieces in the bullpen, who gives you some long relief, and who's going to be your stopper. Hopefully Nixon can fill that role the way he did when he was an All-American at Texas. So there you go, Dwayne. How does rest work for ambidextrous pitchers? Uh, it depends on a, a lot of factors, but as Chris Limonis talked about in his press conference, it's pitching is not just using your arm. It's it's physically taxing, and so for people, I don't know how many there are, 
But if you expect him to be able to like start on right. Sunday throwing righty and then start on Tuesday throwing lefty, it doesn't really work like right. that. Or it may not even be... Because st- first off, you got to remember, it's not throwing righty, throwing lefty. He's going to change throughout the game. Yeah. So if a, if, if a lineup, let's say he's a starter on Sunday and they have four right-handed batters and five left-handed batters, that means he's going to throw however many pitches right-handed and however many pitches left-handed. He's not going out there and just going right-handed the whole game. He's going to match up with each individual batter. So, yeah, he's going to be used like every other pitcher is used. If he starts, he'll start once a weekend. If he's used out of the bullpen, you might see him twice. But the idea that like he can pitch every day because he can go one day with his arm with his right, one day with his left, that's, that's, not, that's not feasible, no. So what happened in the women's basketball game last night? They won, so but they I, I just win. saw a lot of... <laughs> A lot of uh, a lot of consternation about of, uh, officials. Oh, don't don't call it whining when it's not whining when it's factual. Oh, well, hey, look again. This isn't to, 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 uh, this I mean, is. I, I'm not as I always say. If they're not biased, they're just incompetent. You know, they're, 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 the, the officiating is poor. But I mean, state got the win. They needed the win. They didn't have a quad one win on the resume. Uh, they're 16 and seven. You know, I, I made this comment earlier in the year, but like with Purcell and Jans, you had like. Two different guys. One guy, Purcell, had the reputation as a great recruiter, but he'd never been a head coach before, right? So he was going to have to grow into that. And State has had some growing pains this year doing that. But from a recruiting perspective, he's done really well. I think he's got four top 100 players committed to him or three top 100 players committed to him. So, you know, as he grows as a coach, he'll continue to get better. But right now, State would be in the NCAA tournament. They have a great chance to, to, to get their resume where they want it to be. Jans is the opposite. You had no questions about Jans as a floor coach. Been doing it all this time. And he has delivered on that for Mississippi State. You had questions, you know, can he recruit at this level? His first year was tough. You know, he wasn't able, he needed a shooter in the transfer portal and he really wasn't able to get one. I don't think he'll make the same mistakes twice, but as a floor coach, the guy's great. And I think State has a real chance this year to have both basketball teams playing in the, in the NCAA tournament. The men have got a lot more work to do than the women. The women just need to find some more wins, but I mean they've got the resume to get them there. They don't have a, they're sort of like they are sort of similar that neither neither team has a bad loss. I don't I don't think state, any of state's losses are to sub fifty in the in the net in the, on the women's side, and then on the men's side, you know the, they they do have the one bad loss to Georgia, but they have a chance to get both teams in, which will be which will be you know a big deal for Mississippi State. Kyle sends us a message saying, "Guys, basketball question mark? Yeah, Ole Miss plays tonight. I, I had I've had two different people. Uh, one is somebody I know. Another, just a rando on Twitter, told me that I was being too callous about this team. Uh, it, it was after a friend texted me after I said that the only meaningful dribble that Ole Miss will have for this season will be the last one." And he didn't really didn't really like that. And then somebody on Twitter told me, "Why can't you just enjoy the games?" And it's like, well, that's not really my job. Uh, it's it's not up for me to to celebrate losing. It's really more about commentary and opinion. That's what I do. And right now, the Ole Miss basketball product is not one worth covering on this show. I, I, mean, I, I know that there are a lot of Ole Miss fans in the state, but I promise you, they would rather hear about literally anything else, unless we're talking about replacements. And that's hard to do when the job isn't open yet because the search isn't public. 
I have reason to believe because I generally think in logic that those wheels are spinning behind the scenes. But until a job comes open, it's hard to talk about who can fill a job that's not open yet. So it's just kind of basketball purgatory. And so, yes, Ole Miss plays Georgia tonight, and they're a one-and-a-half-point underdog, and see if they can get their second conference win this season and their sixth in the last two years to improve to 2-9 and nine in league play. I mean, there, there's really... We would be doing a disservice to our audience to break down the Ole Miss basketball game tonight. And I don't know, even know if that's what you're asking for, Kyle, but it would be it, it would be a waste of our time and it would be a waste of your time. Sorry if that's callous, but it's the truth. Breaking down yeah. Ole Miss basketball games right now is a waste of time. We will talk a lot about Ole Miss basketball here in a few weeks when the season ends. Because things are going to happen. But until then, this is what we got. And state plays tomorrow. Very important game, which we we will talk about tomorrow for the most part. But James had a good quote today about taking LSU for granted. He's like, we've got nine more games. We can't take anybody for granted. Yeah, he was very adamant about that, yeah. You hope the locker room shares that sentiment. You think they should. I mean, at the end of the day, it's still LSU. You know, it's still a conference yeah. game. It's. I I saw the. Uh, it's we we previewed that game a little bit on for tomorrow's Thunder and Lightning podcast, and uh, I did not realize LSU's on a ten game losing streak right this second. So, they lost one game in the non conference. Started off conference play by beating then number nine Arkansas. They lost by three to Kentucky in game two of conference play. Since then, they haven't lost a game by closer than eight. And that includes a 40-point loss, a 20-point loss, and I think two 18-point losses. Oof. And so they've lost 10 straight. They're 1-9 and nine in conference play, including, and they have a loss. They lost to Texas Tech in the SEC Big 12 Challenge. So they, have, they, are, they are struggling. Reeling, yeah. Uh, Dave yeah. says you may have already talked about it, but uh, big game in Hattiesburg on Thursday. Yeah, we will definitely we'll, we'll have... Uh, a lot of fun talking about that game on Thursday as uh, as well cuz that's a big one and the the arena is going to be packed and you want to be that one seed in your conference tournament you want to try to solidify that to get as many buys as you can when Sunbelt play ends because if sta- if Southern's going to make the tournament they've they've got to win that one and and so it's a big game on Thursday big crowd expected i haven't seen if they've announced a sellout uh, but they were close as of yesterday. They were like 300 tickets away. I imagine those will get sold by Thursday. Those will get and, sold, and yeah, in all likelihood. I would love to know when the last true sellout was there. That's something that we will ask on Thursday leading up to that game. But in the meantime... Yeah, for sure. In the meantime, we got to take a quick break. We'll get to some of your messages when we come back at Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Mississippi. Hey, let's go time. Sports Talk Mississippi. Well, say something. Super Talk Mississippi. Coming out of my cage and I've been doing just fine. Gotta, gotta 
see, it's in Tobia says he'd rather hear us talk about the cow diapers than Ole Miss basketball right now. Yeah. yeah. What do you think the odds are that they move on, though, before the end of the season? I think at this point. I feel like point, Richard's always... I feel like Richard's always like loath to broach that topic. I, I think I it, at this point, what are you waiting for if you're not planning on finishing it out? I you guess know what would I would be do? my answer. I'd set myself up as a spoiler. I'd, I'd fire him like two days before they play state. Because you, you know how that'll go then. You know what'll happen. I did talk to somebody that said state's playing well right now. It's a big old Miss fan. He said, State's playing well right yeah. now, and you know what's going to happen, right? And I said, what? He said, they're going to go to Oxford and lose and derail their season. And he started laughing, and he started laughing. He said, you know that's going to yeah. happen because for some reason that, that, they haven't been able to beat Ole Miss. I know they did earlier this I'm season. I'm interested but... in that, you know, assuming they don't fire him, what does the pavilion look like? That's next Saturday. The 18th, both State and Ole Miss have baseball. Is Ole Miss, I assume, is at home week two for baseball? That is when they play Maryland, I believe, yeah. Okay, so that's big baseball series. I don't know. Do we know what time that game is? Let's see. So baseball, they will play Saturday at 1.30 against Maryland. Okay. Basketball is at 2.30, so those will overlap. So that means... So my question is this. My question becomes this. Does it become a situation like you had for women's basketball a few years ago? What if if State's 2-1 and in these next three, right? They beat LSU tomorrow, and then they split Kentucky and Arkansas. Let's just say that happens, right? (coughs) Excuse me. Does State take over the pavilion? If the fans travel, they might. If they don't change that that baseball start time, don't you think? If they don't change that baseball no, they start won't change. time, they won't change that. That's ooh, that's you can't you can't play six o'clock on the second weekend of February. It'll be freezing cold. You can't you can't especially rest. when it's a top fifth preseason top fifteen team coming into your place. yeah that game that's that's the that's the premier matchup. That's where that's where you want people to go. You just got to tell basketball you're just out of luck. I did not know it was set up like that. That could that could be a cavern if they which. I don't. I mean, it's they, they can start the game empty. earlier, I suppose. It's either going to be empty or it's going to be packed with state fans. Wow! If the weather's halfway decent, there won't be any students at basketball. None. No, they all go to baseball, and they should. They should. They, 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 Absolutely. No, no shame in that. None. Nobody's going to call them out for that. Why? Wow, I did not know that. That is. Um, State has that problem the next weekend. Okay, so Smitty in Oxford says start time for Saturday game has been moved to 12 on February 18th. Okay. Their schedule currently still, reflects 130, though. It's still, I mean, it's still going to be tight. And what... If you spent three hours at the baseball field, maybe more, are you walking over... Late into the basketball game. Okay, hold on. I think we got this wrong because that's the Delawares. That's the first series. It's not week two. It's week one. It's it's next Saturday. Next oh. week is opening weekend. But still, still, you're still be the an defending issue. national champions 
and that's the first Saturday game. You know they're going to have stuff going. I mean, I'm sure Mike could tell us. I'm sure they're going to have some sort of presentations and stuff like they'll, have, they'll unveil the banner other that Friday. I yeah, guess. the Mar- but, the Maryland game they're playing uh, LSU that night. Night okay. game. Well, I'm just saying though. That game is it's going to be interesting to see what the, the the crowd is like inside the pavilion that day. I think it'll either be like I said, I think it'll either be an empty crowd or it'll be uh a lot of MSU people. Just depends, I guess. Yeah, so yeah, sorry I I can't read schedules as it turns out, uh not looking at dates. Yeah, I think I screwed that up too where I where I said that it was week 2, it's not it's week 1. I was yeah. thinking ahead. State has that issue the next week, the the Arizona State game. Is on campus at the same. I, they haven't announced the times yet. We talked about that I think yesterday. Richard and I did when but, you were off one day. They need to start that game at noon or eleven on Saturday. The baseball. Correct. Or or they need to start it at six, but they can't do that because right. I think it'll be too cold. But yeah, they need to do that where you can where you can go to both. Yeah. Bit of a brain fart on our part. They start at eleven. It happens sometimes. It happens. Yeah, they should. Our, our they should. They should start the game at eleven. Borky. Yeah. They should start it. Make sure that people have time that you have time to finish that game and to do both. So, yeah. Our uh, our apologies play, there. Yeah, play at the that Turner up. Center. It says don't waste electricity. But that that still might if the weather's decent next Saturday that'll still create an issue because the four thousand yeah. no, students out there agree. drinking beer would rather do what after the baseball game? Stay at the baseball game. Yeah. Or even when and it's then go back to the house. Or yeah. Or the bar. Yeah. But anyway. All right. There is something happening in college football that I think needs to change ASAP, but it's not NCAA related. It's not NIL related. It's something the schools don't do. We'll talk about that when we come back. It's Sports Talk Mississippi. We're going to get it right next time when we come back. Talk Mississippi. Here we we go, go. Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi on a Tuesday. Richard's off today. Calling South Carolina Missouri basketball tonight. He'll be back tomorrow. I've been thinking about something, so we're going to talk about that right now for the college football fix. For my Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. So I started one today. The F-150's been the best-selling truck in America for, I don't know, 46, going on 47 years now. Almost older than Richard. He drives one, and he'll tell you it's been the be- it is the best-selling truck in America, or why it is. All right. Forgive me. I'm dealing with some stuff. Sorry, hey, Dad. Coughing like crazy back here, trying to cover it up as best I can. Couldn't hey, even get through the room. I cough on this show. Struggling. That's gimmicking. Yeah, but I got a button that now can you're turn getting, it off, though. You know, I, I can you're hide. You're infringing it. on that, my That gimmick. read was a disaster because my throat is just like, ah. Anyway, okay. All clear. 
I think. If I stop talking, you just you know why now. Moving forward, I think I'll jump in. So the the biggest topic of conversation in college sports lately is NIL transfer portal. NIL transfer portal. It's all you hear about. It's all people talking about. It's coaches talking about it. It's fans talking about it. And for for every complaint, I have had a counter. For example, when people say it's ruining the sport. I say, what about the actual football on the field was different? Well, nothing, when you think about it. Ole Miss fans, you remember when Kentucky came to Oxford. Beautiful day. Packed stadium. Visuals were awesome. Jared Ivey strips Will Levis. You win the game. That was incredible. Did it matter to you that some of those guys on the field were getting paid to be there? Probably not, right? Same thing in Starkville. When you blocked the field, it was a field goal, right? We blocked a field goal in the Texas A&M game. Yeah. I saw a video from the field level of the crowd when that kick was blocked. Going crazy. It was nuts. And if you were there, you remember that. And, and were you thinking in your mind, oh, this is a shame. I don't, I don't enjoy this because players are getting paid. No, of course not. The football didn't change. Oh, well, it's going to change recruiting because the best schools are going to get the best players. As we've learned, the talent is more spread out so far Mm -hmm. than ever. Mm -hmm. There's been a counter to all of this that I have had. Transfer portal. Yes, you lose players, but also you add players. Mississippi State got better in the transfer portal. Ole Miss got better in the transfer portal. It's a useful tool if you use it correctly. Southern Miss... My gosh, you've got an entire sides of the ball's worth of players that were at SEC schools, players you couldn't sign otherwise. There is one thing, though. There is one thing. What's that one thing, That, that fans talk about that I agree with completely. And it's when they say, I don't feel as connected to my team anymore. I hear that often, and, and you know what? You're right. And I think the issue, though, lies with the schools, and not with the NCAA or whatever. It is harder to... I've had friends, i talked to a couple of guys recently, when they go to the first game, they're like, I need to bring a roster because I have no idea who's on the team anymore. Because players out, players in, and it's not on one day. It's players out some time after the season ends, and... They, they may or may not return. Who knows? We'll see. And, you know, they're supposed to be in the portal by this date, but that date is a little ambiguous. And then they have to sign by a certain date, but some schools you have to sign on this day, and some schools you have to be enrolled on this day. And then there's another window in May, and then there's an early signing period and a February signing period. And it's all just all over the place. So it's hard to keep track of who these people are, and it's hard to get attached to who these guys are because. Davison Igbenosin, for example, left after a year. Or Troy Brown, for I'm using Ole Miss players as an example, came in who only right. had a year. Right. So I, I hear you, and I think you're you're spot on. It, it is getting harder. The fan days are gone. The the meet the bull did did State do a meet the Bulldogs before last season? Yeah, they're doing one for baseball this weekend. I don't know about football though. I don't remember if they did one or not. Why did those go away? COVID is the easy excuse, uh, we, but guess what? You yeah, can do that again. It, yeah. It's we're okay. That we are finally the the president's gonna uh, just 
the COVID emergency is ending in May, I guess, is the, the date that it's going to be gone. But you can do those again. But why don't you? If you're going to have this player movement, why are you making it so hard for people to know who these guys are? You have hundred-plus million-dollar athletic budgets. You have in-house media people. Make these players and your players more visible, more forward-facing. Give fans a reason to connect too. with these guys. Even talking about the media, like they do have those in-house guys, but like it used to be, you know, for the media, we would request players and get interviews with them, and we could tell their stories and things like that. Those days are over. Basically, last year with State, you got Austin Williams and Buki Watson. That was who came to do interviews. You know, not even Will Rogers did a ton of interviews for State yeah. last year. Maybe after the game, but not a ton. Uh, for me, and this is what I've always said, you know, with college sports especially, I've never tried to be a, too attached to the players. I stay attached to the jersey and the helmet. And I've always said that if we woke up tomorrow and swapped rosters, I would tell you that Jackson Dart and Quinshawn Judkins are the two best players in the SEC, yeah. and that Will Rogers is a system quarterback, and he's totally <laughs> overrated, and he won't throw for any yards at all this. And that's just how it goes. And it's, it is tougher this year. I mean, you know, especially with you think about a player like Ra Ra Thomas. You see him your first two years, like man, this guy's going to be a superstar for us. Now he's gone, and you know, you, you have the, the the issues with Xavier Thomas and Tulu Griffin. You know, getting just even getting them back into the portal is just like why well, do we have to go through this drama? But again, and this is what we talked about last year from the end from the national championship game through Labor Day weekend. Right? It was always nil. Playoff expansion, conference realignments, all these topics, the topics that I like to roll my eyes at and let you and Richard talk. And I just sit here and go, I don't care. I just want to watch the games. Once we get to the games, nobody, you're like you said, nobody cares. Nobody, it's, it's like, I just can't stand the way college football is going and it's just blah, blah, blah. Hey, kickoff is in one hour. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> and that's all it is. And that's how it's always going to be. We will spend the next seven months, eight months, griping and complaining and this, that, and other. And then when toe meets leather on Labor Day weekend, it's all is forgiven for four months. Those things do need to come back, though. The the meet the Bulldogs, meet the Rebels day, that kind of stuff. And, and I... I I was talking to somebody about this, and he said, well, Ole Miss does the season. State, State has one of those, too. But, I mean, the, the season features a, a very small handful of players, and before he transferred, mm-hmm. it was the John Rice and NIL is a reason that this has gone away, too. Don't forget. NIL is a reason this has gone away. Players don't want you know That used to be where you bring in your stuff, and the kids would sign it, and yeah. nobody wants to do that for free anymore. That's a shame. They, they should. I mean, NFL players do it. They should just say, look, if you can't bring your own stuff, we will provide a schedule that the, the players can sign. We will provide a, a poster schedule the yeah. players can sign for you. Something like but that. But if you bring a helmet or a jersey, they will not sign it. And, that, and that's fair to me because unless you have you, autographs. Unless you want to pay them. You know, and maybe you can set up a thing where like the Bulldog Initiative has a booth. Just go over there sure. like, here's 20 bucks. Can Will uh, Rogers uh, sign this for me? Something. Because, like, to use an NBA example, I mean, the New Orleans Pelicans payroll is hundreds of millions of dollars, right? You, you got Brandon Ingram, who's making $30 million a year, goes to a fan day that they had during their season last week, where if you were a season ticket holder, you got to hang out. They got a full tour of the facility. They had a stage set up with a band playing, and all the players were there. And so you got to hang out and meet the players. These are These are NBA players. Worth tens of millions of dollars a year. Ingram's contract is like 160 million, is what his contract is worth. Yeah. Zion Williamson is there, right? Like 
mega stars making mega money in the middle of the season if you have a season ticket package, any of them. You've got to go meet and hang out with these guys. Like That's probably the next step for schools, don't you think? They, they have to, to do stuff like, like that. that. Have to. To season tickets, because otherwise, how are you getting people yeah. there? I mean, could you imagine, like, yeah, you, you set up, hey, the week before, you know, during the bye week, maybe. We're going to have a get-together in the Gridiron Club, at, 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 or whatever it is at Ole Miss. I don't know what it's called. At State, it's the Gridiron Club, where you can come in, and there'll be some players there, and we're going to provide food, and you can take pictures. You can go out on the field and take pictures, and and you know yeah. whatever. And we'll have a we'll have a, a drawing that night to see who wins this. That I mean, you got to do something. Yes, because it, it's when it's just the helmet and the jersey, fans will still support it because it's your helmet and your jersey that you love. But did Quinchon Judkins is a skateboarder? Did anybody know that? Anybody know that? I did not know that. That's, I Why did not would know that, that. Not makes a lot be of something sense as, that you would want so many people to know? The, right. All of these players have a little quirk like that, and, and f- because of all the movement, fans are disconnected. The schools need to get fans back in that way. Let them connect again. They'll buy tickets. They'll go to games. They'll donate to collectives if they care about the people, not just the helmet. We'll be right back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Your number one for sports talk. Anyone? 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 Come on, don't be shy. Sports talk, Mississippi. Bingo, man, bingo. Super talk, Mississippi. Great. I'm glad the rickrolling trend is over so we can go back to enjoying this. Yeah, he played this on stage with uh, the Foo Fighters. Saw that. Great. Yeah. You can find that on uh, YouTube if you want to see it. Mike and Madison says, This Saturday during the Mississippi State Baseball Fan Day, if the fan joins the dugout club for a very reasonable amount, there's dinner with coaches and the players and a tour of the facility. Great way for fans to interact and contribute, which helps with small projects. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about that needs to be more. And it's not even just like fan days and stuff. We don't need to get bogged down with fan days. It's 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 hard enough. We get another message along with the idea you're talking about. Couldn't buy a program at Ole Miss games last season. As a result, it nearly took the whole season before we could recognize who was playing in the game and who made the plays. Yeah, everybody's doing digital programs these days. Yeah. And like a lot of fans, that's just not something they're going to want to do. You know how much easier it is. I don't want. I don't want the program on my phone. I want a hold to hold a program. Yes. And it, it's little things like, especially, you, you got to lean into it. But what's wrong with? I mean, maybe it's a QR code scan. I don't know. It, just having a roster to give to people. You don't have to sell ten dollar programs. Just here's here's one sheet. You want a roster so you can know who these yeah. guys are on the field. It. Little things like that make it so much easier. But instead, everything's all digital. I mean, I loved growing up keeping tickets. My dad and I would go to one big college football game a year. We'd keep the ticket stubs, and he would frame the tickets with a picture of us in it. I've got a whole wall of them. Now those are gone. Little experiences that I had growing up 
programs as well. I've got programs framed. We've got a bunch of them saved. Little, little things like that that are going away are going to start costing you the emotional time. I'd talk about going to Furman games growing up. It's a little bit of a different scale when it's FCS versus, you know, the SEC. But after they beat Western Kentucky in a playoff game, yes, that Western Kentucky before they jumped up to Division One, my dad got me a souvenir football. We went on the field. Players are sitting there signing autographs. I've got that ball hanging up yeah. in my office, and Billy Napier's on it, if you can believe it. Uh, and Bear Reinhardt from the band Need to Breathe played wide receiver there. His autograph is on that ball as well. But that's something that I'm 31, or go, I'm about to be 31 next month. And that still sticks with me. I look at that ball and I smile because I remember when I got to uh, those guys signed my football. And I'm 12 years older than they were at the time. When you take those experiences away, it gives little Michael less of a reason to be in love with you, essentially. it th- Those kind of things, the fan days, stuff like that, make rosters more accessible, more out in the open. But tell the stories of these players, too. I mean, so... Give me an example of a, a state player... From the transfer portal, is there a one-year rental on this team? Is there one? Freddie Roberson would be one. Who is he? Where did he come from? Uh, he's a wide receiver. I mean, I know a little bit about I, him. He's but, from Eastern Washington, but but so, my, I'm not I'm not normal. I, it's my right. job to know these things. So if you're a state but, fan out there, Eastern Washington, I, I'm sure he's got a pretty cool story or a journey of some played, kind. Who is this guy? Played on the red turf. Yeah, he played on the red turf. Why do fans not know all about this guy already? You got him for a year. He's a a wide receiver that you you hope's a plug and play guy, but he's gonna be he's going to class right now at Mississippi State. He's gonna wear your uniform, and the the fans that show up in week one aren't gonna know anything about him. They're not gonna know anything about him. Very little. Yeah, that's a problem. If you can't connect with people. You don't care about what they do as much anyway. And, and you're hitting on something that I've talked about a few times, like the way colleges kind of protect athletes from the media, like like we're, you know, the devil. Like in high school, I could, and I don't cover high school football, but let's say I wanted to go cover a high school football game, right? And then after the game ended, I wanted to go, let's say Starkville's quarterback threw four interceptions and they lost. Trey Petty throws four interceptions and a loss. I can just go on the field and grab Trey Petty and be like, hey, you know, what happened on those plays, right? And then in the pros, it's just part of the of the deal, right? You gotta sit there at your locker and talk to the media. You gotta show up for media for press conferences when they want you. That's just part of the deal. But in college, I mean, let me try to get Will Rogers. Yeah, let me try to say, hey, I want to sit down for ten minutes with Will Rogers. I might as well ask to speak to Joe Biden. I mean, it's it's the same amount of national security around these people, and it's just like, and it, that's with me, right? I, what am I going to be like? So, Will, you really sucked last year. You know, am I really going to sit there and do that? No, they know me, right? They know who I am, and yet I can't. They're never going to do that. So it's. I mean, that's how you have a guy like, like a guy like Marquis Spencer. Marquis Spencer played at Mississippi State for four years, started a number of games. 
the first interview he ever did in his life was at the NFL Combine. We yeah, never that... once talked to him at Mississippi State. That's 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 not setting a guy up for success. Like Laramie they Tunsil's need to learn the same those way. skills because of the NCAA yeah. stuff. You Freeze kept, kept Tunsil so far away, and the thing is, everybody's first look at Tunsil was draft mm-hmm. night, where yeah, as it, well, and, he didn't know the what fir- to do, and the first thought was bad guy. Tunsil's bad guy. Yeah. It turns out he's a really funny and an interesting guy, but no Ole Miss fans got to see that. Because he was he was hidden. I, Hugh Freeze hid him from I everybody. Never, yeah, I never spoke to Leo Lewis at Mississippi State. Never. They they would not make him available. I thought maybe like at pro day we finally we get to talk to him. No. Yeah, and they made. I'll give. I'll just say this with Simmons. You know, Simmons was available, especially when he was the senior or junior, and he was the, one of the captains. He came up to the podium every week and talked, and uh, you couldn't ask for a better interview. He would answer any question you had for him. But that's the point. You know, let them let these guys learn how to interview. They need that life skill. Never mind the pros. Never mind going to the NFL. Just when you go to have a job, you need to be able to know how to answer tough questions. Yeah. And what what tough questions do I have? I'm not I'm not there to play gotcha. Right. It, it, they're they're you know? college football players. No, nobody's there to do that. Any nobody's doing that. Uh, Hunter says, I honestly don't care what the player's favorite food is. Can he play? That's all I care about. And th- there are people like you. Uh, there are probably people listening to this that agree with you completely. Uh, and I'm not talking about give me your favorite food and your favorite color. But a lot of these guys have stories that you can that you can connect to. Some of them have, have been hardships. Some interesting Guys that didn't play football in high school. Tavius Robinson for Ole Miss well, came just, from Canada, and it, yes, he was on the season once, but not everybody watches the season for one and two. He's got a deeper story than the the little feature that you give on the season where you show them in their room or cooking dinner or whatever. There's a deeper story to the Canadian guy that moved to Mississippi to play football who's never lived in the United States before. There's a there's and Hunter, I'm talking about this. Because I think it would be a smart business move. It's getting easier and easier for people to not go to games, right? We talk about that often. Expenses, all that. It's getting easier to not buy season tickets. It's probably easy for people to not donate to collectives, if we're being honest. Because you don't know how much money is there. There's no You don't get a spreadsheet with expenses and operate, operating costs and where the money's going. It's all very vague. It's easy to not spend your money there. But yeah. if somebody has yeah. an emotional connection, they are more likely... My wife and I don't have a lot of money. On her birthday, though, I way overspend. Why? Because I have an emotional connection to her. I spend money that I shouldn't because I love my wife and I want her to have something nice. It's a similar concept here. You've got people that are not like you that don't really want to go that don't really want to spend. But if their kid had that really cool moment at fan day with his favorite linebacker, little Johnny must go see that linebacker. He must go see him play because they're buddies. They shook hands. He signed my football. And that puts two butts in your seat. It's a business decision, if nothing else. Just answer this. Does MSU have the same connection with Dak Prescott if he had played the last two years and we didn't get to know him? The way we did back in 2013, 14, 15? Probably not. Probably not. He still would have been a great player, but you don't know anything about him. 
would have been a great player, but you wouldn't. You might. You might not have ever known all the other stuff with Dak Prescott. You might not have ever known. Anyway, <sighs> good stuff. Good stuff. Hopefully, the schools figure it out because I think that's important. I'm all sure the other will. stuff will will settle. Speaking of, we actually didn't get to this yesterday. I, I just I need to read to you guys what the Florida Collective agreed to pay Jaden. Oh Shana. God, you yes. have got to hear this. We'll we'll do that when we come back at Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk for Mississippi. It's time for you to get real with it. Sports Talk Mississippi continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Morky and Brian Haydad with you. Haydad mentioned yesterday the Brian Ferentz contract. If that name doesn't ring a bell, he's the son of Kirk Ferentz, the head coach, longtime head coach at Iowa, and he's the offensive coordinator. He has coordinated two of the worst offenses in college football the last couple of years, but he didn't get fired. No, he got a pay cut from 900000 to 850000 but there are new incentives in his contract, so he basically didn't get a pay cut at all. There's one stipulation, though. He will be terminated if his team does not score 325 points, assuming they make a bowl game, this season. That is 25 points per game. If his offense scores 25 points per game... Nah. Well... Yeah. They just have to score 25 points per game. If they get a pick six in every game, that counts, that counts. towards the total. Yeah, and they scored six defensive touchdowns last year. But 25 points per game is 85th in college football. Guys getting paid almost a million bucks to hit the really high goal of the 85th best offense in college football. That is what Iowa's going after this year. Andy Staples has a great idea, thinks that they should put a tracker on the screen for all of Iowa's games and count down the points from 325. They got to get to three. <laughs> yes, I'm in full favor. Yes, I vote I. Oh, man. It's just every time I score a touchdown, uh, there goes there goes seven points right there off the tracker. Get to th- <laughs> I, want, I want like a like a ding, you know, ding every time it happens. And they played Nebraska in the season finale. Could you imagine uh, what the takes will be when well, they go to Lincoln. like fifty six. Yeah. <laughs> so somebody said that like they're going to average like fifteen points a game and then play Nebraska in the final game and beat them seventy to seven to get that number way up. <laughs> Matt Rule won't let that happen, or at least no, I hope not. Yeah. So that's the his fake nasty looking jambalaya. Oh, terrible. Why was it yellow anyway? Um, so it was rice aroni with smoked sausage in it. That's all it was. That's all it was. That's Nebraska jambalaya. That was a bad coaching contract. Here's the bad player contract. We've mentioned Jaden Rashad on this show before. The 
previously Miami commit who ended up signing with Florida but not going to Florida because his NIL deal fell through. The Athletic got the details of his contract. Which, by the way, every word of this is an NCAA violation. If they have any teeth at all, there's your investigation's been done for you. Just go get them. But they won't, and whatever. Jade Rashada was actually paid over 100000 up front to commit to Miami and was asked to pay it back when he flipped his commitment, and he did so. There's an interesting twist in this deal, which, again, NCAA violation, they have it proved and documented. You could go get Miami, too. What, what are you doing? Either way. He signed a $13 million plus dollar contract with the Florida Collective. Now, there's a caveat, though. In the contract that he and his people signed... And, and his people need to be emphasized. After reading the story in The Athletic, he had some, as you can imagine, r- really bad advice being given to him from people that run NIL businesses like NIL uh, agents, one of which was 23, uh, had no business negotiating a $13 million contract on behalf of somebody else either way. If you're going to hire somebody to negotiate a contract for you, make sure they didn't just graduate college, especially when it's $13.5 million. Because in the contract, the Gator Collective said that they could terminate the deal anytime for any reason and stop payments anytime for any reason. Just, they could stop anytime. They probably don't want that information public, but it's out there. Here's the payment breakdown. Jaden Rashada was supposed to be given $500,000 up front the day he arrived at Florida. After that, his payments would be $250,000 a month as a freshman. A month. month. As a freshman, $250,000 a month. Probably not playing. Not as a freshman. Probably not playing. And for context, I don't know how accurate the numbers are, let's just say two months would cover likely more than Quinchon Judkins' entire deal. Like, all of it. The whole thing. From what I have been told, that's a fair statement you just made. As a freshman, $250,000 a month. As a sophomore, $291,666.66 a month. For a quarterback that has never taken a college snap. As a junior, $375,000 a month from the Gator Collective. And as a senior, goes back down to about $196,000 a month. At that point, they're expecting him to have gone pro, basically. Yeah. Yeah. That is Kenny Pickett's contract with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, it is. It is, yeah. So who? So do you think this was a question of Florida didn't have the money to do this, and they said we're not going to be able to pay this, so we might as well get out of it, or did somebody just say, "Look, we're not doing this. This is way too much money for this kind of player. Just don't send it." Because the initial payment was that's what that's what stopped all this in its track. He never got his initial one-time payment of five hundred thousand dollars. Somebody, I think, do you think somebody just said? 
We're not sending that. And if he if he wants to back out, so be it. We can spend this money elsewhere. But we can't tie up $13 million into one guy. So it was reported that the collective didn't have $13 million to give to anybody. Uh, they, they didn't have $13 million at all, let alone for one player. They, they promised a contract to a kid with money that they didn't have. I'm glad you gladly pay you on Tuesday for a quarterback today. Pretty much. Uh, Pretty much. Oh my gosh, man. So what's going on down in the state of Florida? I, I imagine Billy Napier is so mad because now now Florida has a reputation, right? They have two reputations yes. actually. They don't they have back any money. Out on NIL deals. And they'll back out on deals. That's not yeah. the reputation you want to have, but it's still when people say this isn't sustainable, this is exactly what I'm talking about. That won't sustain. Guess how much money he's getting from Arizona State? Zero. He's just a regular well, college football well, player like everybody they else. They say zero. They say zero. A, He'll get something. He'll get something. But he didn't sign for any upfront money like he did Miami and Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Just Which is how it should be. But this is this is where NIL loses people, right? Yep. I, I honestly think there are some people who are diehard like they don't deserve any money. Those people are fringe people and are not to be taken seriously. The majority of college ball fans are like, well, yeah. If somebody, if they can get a deal advertising for a company, if they can sell, you know, something with their name on it, yeah, they deserve to have that money. The average college football fan believes that and is happy to support it. And then stuff like this happens, and you, those people are like, well, wait a minute, we can't have this. And there's no, you know, it, it feels like it's all or nothing. So the problem is the, the NCAA can't do anything to fix it. So they turn to the government who can't do anything to fix anything. So we're just stuck. We're just stuck. Like, this would have been so they can easy. They do something five, about this. Five though. years ago. Five years ago, this would have been really easy to fix. Really easy. Like, it, athletes can sign individual deals. No one can broker deals for them. And, all deals must be made with individual businesses, not in terms of personal appearance fees or things like that. I don't know how you do but I'm just saying it could have been fixed. Now I think it's unfixable. Probably so. I, I do think that the, the good, I guess positive spin in this, is that it's less likely to happen again. Florida's not going to do this again. I guarantee you. And then wait till Nico Ayamalavea at Tennessee busts. Because there's a chance that he yeah. will, if not a likelihood. Because that's, that's the how good it news works. Is that these guys are going to realize, look, we're wasting our money here. We got to figure out another way. Mm-hmm. They're going to end up taking the Mississippi State route, which is pay the players you have, pay the guys who you've seen produce to keep them on your roster. Yeah. Don't worry about. Let your coaches go out and recruit and get players and explain to them the NIL opportunities once they've proven themselves. But we're going to spend our NIL money keeping the the stars that we have, and of course you can you have to use them in the transfer portal because again that's proven players. But freshmen, high school guys, I mean that's it's just too much of a risk. Yeah, especially at, at this call, it just it, remarkably stupid. Everybody involved in this, the stories at the Athletic, if you want to read the entire thing, but. The, the the people at the Gator Collective or whoever that negotiated this are remarkably stupid. And I, I hate to be so blunt, but that's what that is. No, you're right, though. It's yeah. shocking. Again, that is 
Kenny Pickett's contract with the Steelers. He started this year for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that's what he gets paid. Over the four years, I mean, it's the same contract, same amount of money, same length of time. Ridiculous, and Florida got exposed badly, and they deserved it. Final thoughts with you when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi. More Sports Talk Mississippi now. Now. So, hey, Dad, you're going to have to answer this one. Uh, Somebody on the text line asked what the deal is with uh, Caleb Ducking. Is there? A I don't know what's up with that. He, he has no eligibility left. So he entered the transfer portal, but he has no eligibility left. You have five years to play four. He has played. He 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 played two years at JUCO. He redshirted a year at State, and he played two years at State. But He's does he done. get the free COVID year? No, How because not? He, you have five years to play four. But everybody... you can only play four years of college. You can only play. You can play five four because years. of COVID. I don't think I think because he had already played two. I, I don't because he redshirted. What's what his extra year? Twenty twenty, the COVID year. Hmm. Maybe there's an appeal. He, he does or not something. have another year. Because Spencer Sanders started four is. years, and he's he's getting to play a fifth. He's a grad transfer, right? But he played four years, so he's getting to play a fifth. He started four I, years, so I, he's getting the way just, it's the way ducking works. Let me let me see if I can find it. But he does not. I know Clay, Caleb Ducking does not have any eligibility left. So I don't know why he's in the portal. He should be prepping for the NFL draft. Maybe trying to get one of those waivers, I guess. Get that extra year. Maybe, but hmm. Weird I, deal. I just I don't see it. Let me let me see if I can find it here. Because Mississippi State kind of subtweeted him today. Like they tweeted out a thing about they tweeted out a graphic of showing how. You you get you know how eligibility works and things like that, and I, I said I don't I don't think that he has any eligibility left. While you're looking that up, uh, Aaron Rodgers is a weirdo. He went on the Pat McAfee show today, as he always yeah. does on Tuesdays, and said because he hasn't made a decision yet about what he's going to do in his uh, career. He said he's going on a quote darkness retreat. Here in a couple of right. weeks. It's four it. days, complete darkness, by himself in a little house. For four days, total darkness. And after that, he will make his decision about where he's going to play next year. So, there you go. Okay. Because he redshirted in 2020, you don't get a COVID year. You get a COVID year if you played in 2020. So, the only thing I can think of is he's trying to get a waiver because of that. He's going to try to get a waiver, but what waiver can he get? He, he is out of eligibility. He doesn't have an injury to fall back on to like a medical red shirt or anything like that. He, he's not going to get a waiver. I mean, I would be very surprised if he got a waiver. I'm looking for Because if he was going to get a waiver, you think State thing. would have tried to give him one. Where, where's this eligibility thing you're talking about? It's on 24-7. Somebody's, oh, you're talking about what State tweeted? Yeah, I can't find it. Uh, what account did they tweet that from? From MSU Compliance. 
Hail State uh, comply. Okay. Just a friendly reminder that student athletes only have five calendar years to complete four seasons of competition. Hmm. But like I said, because he didn't play in the COVID year, he doesn't get to count that as a COVID year. He redshirted. Weird deal. Maybe yeah. somebody, but like through the tampering portal, maybe told him that they would try for him on his behalf. Either that, but, or but, he but might if, just have but if you're advising him, who's not? Then what are you going to do? What efforts does it make? Exactly. In my opinion, if Caleb Duckett's listening to this, Caleb Duckett needs to be preparing and trying to put himself in position to be drafted or to get an undrafted free agent deal. You need to be training, get an agent, and go from there. I don't think there's going to be another year of college football in his future. Yeah, this is weird. So he, I mean, declared for the draft. He did, and now he's, yeah. I'm telling you, he's what got somebody deal. giving him advice that doesn't know what that doesn't know what they're doing. I had no idea this happened. I can't. I completely missed this today, and there, there's, wow, completely missed it. Yeah. What's well, called? Are you talking about? You missed the transfer portal announcement? Yeah. He did it at 11 p.m. last night. Well, that's why. Like, this is again. Who is advising him to put out that announcement at 11 p.m. on a Monday? So, yeah, I, I think he's just got somebody giving him bad advice. Very interesting. I, yeah. I, I don't miss stuff. And... Yeah. Hmm. Anyway. Anyway. Thank you guys so much for being a part of the show today. That I, I am, I'm flabbergasted. It threw you I, off. I, I am very confused, yeah. but uh, that's okay. Your gassed has been flabbered. Uh, apparently so, but... We appreciate you guys nonetheless. We've been uh, off the air on a few stations anyway because of Ole Miss basketball. That gets underway, I believe, right now, I think. Yeah. Uh, so you got Ole Miss Georgia right now, Mississippi State, big one tomorrow with LSU. We'll talk about that, of course, and more with you tomorrow. Richard Cross will be back. In the meantime, you guys have a great night. Be safe out there, and we'll see you tomorrow at 3. business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.